Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo. I bow to the teacher within. Please channel this entire lesson through me. Please don't let my personality interject all these kinds of witty little like nonsense things that I think are cute and that I think people will like, but will ultimately distract them and prevent them from getting this like full dose of healing right here. Help me to tap into the fun of doing this most of all. Please speak through me. Please let me speak this clearly. So it is. To say this is fun for me is like the, un the understatement of the century. Because if you look at my Instagram bio, you'll see that it says spiritual kink. And spiritual kink means that regular old vanilla bean, lightworking, A Course in Miracles spirituality ain't going to do it for me, baby. Nope. <laughs> I need something freaky. And I need something kinky. And I need something that is so interesting because to me, feeling in love, this is why Rainer Maria Rilke put me on my spiritual path. He was the first person that ever talked about a relationship with God that was erotic and curious and, and above all mysterious, not like the cookie cutter vanilla Jesus that we see in churches. This like deep, mysterious, no matter how much you know, you'll never know all of it, that like endless curiosity and I wrote about that as well um, in my poem jellyfish so and that'll be coming out of my book of poetry oh that reminds me I just got the other missing piece of this business puzzle right now like things are moving at a 10 for me and I'm just stoked because I'm building the wattage to handle it and it's like seriously working but I can't believe how fast stuff is is moving but to me feeling in love has always felt like after all these years, I still don't know you. And that's why a lot of marriages start to go south because eroticism and intimacy are two really different things. So eroticism says there's more to be discovered. Intimacy means we get closer and closer until we know each other, until we know all e each other's secrets. And the thing is, is like when you have kids, when a marriage has been going on for a while, when you've been having like, you know, in, in Ireland, a guy on TV one time said like, I'm all for same-sex marriage. I've been having the same sex with my wife for the last 50 years. That's kind of how things go. When you feel like, well, why have sex? Because there's not, there's not going to be any surprises. And that's not love to me as like settling and staying the same. To me, it's like, there's so much more to dig. I want you. I want to eat you. I want to know you. I want to be you. I wish I could wear your skin. You know, you're just like, so, oh, I'm just so interested in you. And um, that is to me. And so finding this system where it's like, I'm going to explain to you a little bit about where we are, how to calculate infinity, so to speak. And I'm going to show you the ray of creation as per the, the work of the fourth way. And I'm going to explain to you where this will show you where you are in the, in the scale of the cosmos. So like if you were going to start a new job, right? Can other religions give you this? No. Can other like spiritual paths give you this? No, it takes a lot of trust. But what the fourth way offers you is like, check this out. If you were starting a new job, and let's say you started work at a company and they're like, hey, we'd like to employ you for the next 50 years of your life. And you're like, okay, Satnam, that sounds good. But like, will I just be at the same level? If I start as like a male boy, what, um, what potential do I have for growth? Is anyone following this? Yes or no? And when I say yes or no to you, please say out loud. This is how you keep yourself in this game. This is how you're able to absorb this right now. Your undivided attention, but use your voice to engage with this because you'll learn a lot. So if you were going to work at a big company for the next 50 years, would you want to know if there were other possible occupations than male boy or male woman? Yes or no? 
yes, of course, you want to know that after me comes a manager, and after this come this, and after this come this, and if I work really hard, one day I'll be able to make it to the role of CEO. This is, you know, if you're going to be spending the next 50 years of your life somewhere, you want to make sure that you're not going to be stuck in the same spot always, yes or no. So what the fourth way offers and what I'm going to be teaching you today through the ray of creation and also the 48 laws. When it's a school of unified spiritual laws, what laws are these? When you say world 4896, what does this mean? Where do they come from? And what does this mean for me? And also, how far can I expect to grow in this world? That's what we're going to be covering today. But first, yo, Disney Plus, I've been connecting with bear energy. Bears are my spirit animal. And today I wanted to give you a little extra gift, which was a meditation for finding your spirit animal, because I, I found out my spirit animal and look at this beautiful, there's a little Zuni stone bear. Look at that sweet face, right? I just love this. Um, I first got my spirit animal about 10 years ago and I was horrified. I was horrified. I was a yoga teacher. I was like a light worker. I was in major denial about being a witch, major denial that I might be different than other women, um, major denial that my spiritual path might have to be a lot more erotic and exciting for me because to me, that's longevity. And if your marriage can stay erotic because you're not assuming that you've had all the types of sex you're ever going to have with someone or that you know what they're going to say all the time, which is very easy to do when you've been married to someone, you can see it going for a long time, you're like, I could be on this path forever. I could work at this company forever. So this is a very, uh, to me, it's so stimulating. And it's a very erotic type of spirituality, like spirituality noir, almost. And it's perfect for me. And I'm excited to share it with you. But back at the time when I found out my spirit animal, I didn't know that this world existed. And I was literally trying to be Gabby Bernstein. She was my hero. And I still look up to her so much. I've learned so much from her. She's one of the only teachers that, that's been with me since the beginning. She was my first teacher. And I still resonate with the things she's saying. That's saying a lot. But I used to, but she's a light worker light worker and I didn't I was trying to be her because I thought that that's the only way that I could be successful but I knew that her spirit animal was the owl and another big mentor of mine was Elena Brower and her animal was a snow was a snow owl so when I learned my spirit animal and I have this bear I was horrified because I'm like I'm clearly not of the same energy as these other teachers and all I knew about bears living in New York City, I was like, oh, like killing machines. Everything I found out about them, I was like, disgusting, disgusting. They smell bad when they hibernate. They're sleepy. When they hibernate, they put a literal butt plug up their butt so they're not shitting all over their den. Everything I found out about bears, I was horrified by. And then we moved out here. So it's been like 10 years. It was only now as I was getting prepared here, we have a winter that lasts almost six months, which means that like, you're not leaving the house. And if you need social stimulation, forget it, forget it, forget it. But if you even need like outdoor stimulation, like taking a hike all the time, no, this is like serious hibernating. And also when I became a mother, Patrick and I commissioned this ring from M. Hisai for me. It's a five-year commitment ring. And that five-year commitment is to, I'm not going to see a lot of people. I'm going to be working on my computer a lot. I'm not going to see a lot of people while, uh, while I have little kids because they're my priority and I want to have another one. So I committed to him five years of hibernating, but I didn't know. And what I didn't realize was that the bear's power is in its ability to withdraw 
to have a home practice, to teach themselves, to be like, look, I love you all, but my priority right now is my children. My strength is my children. And I am a self-sustaining beast. I am a self-sustaining beast. You're goddamn right. I can just get away from the world for six months and raise children who I will protect like nothing else. And you better believe I'm extremely ferocious. And you better believe that if my kid is acting out of line, that I'm going to grab him by the scruff of his neck and pull him right back. You better believe that I'm strong. And that was what I didn't know about myself when I discovered my spirit animal. And now it's just now that I'm starting to tap into it. On Disney Plus, there's all these great movies and my business partner Liliana and I will be compiling lists of like our favorite kid resources. But Brother Bear 1, Brother Bear 2, the Disney cartoon Brave and the Disney Bears movie, dude, these are so good. Disney's just amazing. So I wanted to introduce you to your spirit animal. Great time to show up, everybody, for real. I wanted to introduce you to your spirit animal because while you may not resonate with it at first, I guarantee you in time, its medicine will unfold. When I was like a single wearing all white yoga teacher in New York City, I felt like I needed to be a snow owl. I felt like being a bear, I was like, this is disgusting. But I have, that strength is now pulling me so much. And honestly, many times in those 10 years where I felt like I was too weak to handle something, I would think about how, well, look, I'm obviously the bear. So if there's one thing I can do, it's rip things apart. <laughs> and also bears play. But this particular totem to me really calls the softer side of the bear. And whoever made this, you know, this made right here, I live in between the Zuni and the Navajo reservations. Whoever made this really understood what bear medicine was about. So I'd like to introduce you to your medicine, please, if you'll have me. If you'll have me, let's find your spirit animal right now. Okay, close your eyes. And don't worry about being bad at meditating. Let your mind be loose. So I want you to imagine here with your eyes closed that you are waiting for your date to show up at dinner. And every time, you, because you're, you're watching the door, but you're watching it waiting for something. So notice the energy that you have when you're looking at the door waiting for something. Enlightenment, so to speak. And now I want you to imagine that you're sitting by a beautiful flowing creek. And you're watching the water roll over the stones. It knows exactly where it's going and and you're watching this water, not waiting for anything to happen. And feel how loose your mind starts to get. Feel how loosely you're watching without expectation. So here, I want you right now to drop that expectation, expecting what you think your spirit animal's got to be, like walking through the door, no. Just like everything in nature, you can't go looking for it. It has to reveal itself to you. So make your mind loose and stare deeply at your inner sky, what's called Alaya. My baby name, don't steal it. It's called Alaya is the Buddhist term for that. And I want you to imagine and not imagine, you're gonna watch this happen. I want you to see your feet, your bare feet walking on the ground. Just your bare feet walking on the ground on a black background. 
And now I want you to insert into this image and we're gonna let our mind be loose and we're starting the visualization here. It's gonna carry us the rest of the way. Imagining your feet now walking on sacred ground. So notice what sacred ground looks like for you and how it feels. And now we're going to, the vision's gonna pan upwards kind of like a drone. And you're seeing yourself and you're surrounded by this beautiful terrain, sacred terrain for you. So right now, please notice, what is your sacred terrain? Are you in the forest? Is it wet? Are you in the desert? Is it dry? Are you in a desert like the Sahara or a desert like Sedona? Are you walking alongside of a beach? Take, a note, take notice of your surroundings. And see this beautiful panoramic scale of you walking just like the water. You know exactly, even from looking from far away, you're like, where is this chick going? But you know your direction and you're walking reverently, gracefully, beautifully on this sacred land. And it's so gorgeous, this whole panorama of you. You just see more and more of this nature all around you. You might be in New Zealand. But whatever, it's very important that whatever comes up first for you, that's it. So gazing at this beautiful panorama from the top left, not even the top left, I'm sorry, from the left-hand side of the image. You are walking and you're about halfway to the middle of this beautiful, beautiful vista. And now from the right, a figure starts to emerge. It's an animal. And they are now coming to meet you halfway. What animal is this making its way towards you? It gets closer and closer until it's standing right in front of you in the middle of this beautiful scene. And now we zoom in and we zoom in and we zoom in until you feel yourself facing this animal. And you look deeply into the animal's eyes. And even though your eyes look so different, there's a deep recognition of the other. And it's looking into your eyes and you're looking at, into its eyes. And in this moment, nothing else exists. If you like, we'll take five breaths here, but feel free to ask your spirit animal a question. And a good one is, what are you here to teach me about myself? What is the first thing you would like me to know? And let your mind be loose and receive the answer, whatever it is that it says.
and take that message and in your hands, imagine a sacred place that you could put that. Maybe a little prayer box or a magic geode that opens up, whatever feels resonant to you. But I want you to take this message and store it in a safe place and put it in your heart where you can access it over and over again. And as you do this, the animal recognizes that you listen, you don't just hear. You stare deeply into each other's eyes. The time has now come to leave each other just for the moment. And whichever way you feel is best to say goodbye. If your spirit animal is a fish, I'm not going to tell you to go in for a hug. Say goodbye in whatever way feels best to you. And now back to viewing that panoramic screen, you turn your backs to each other and slowly start making your way in your own direction across this view. And we come back into this, noticing the sensations of our feet on sacred ground, the sensations, what is beneath our feet. And we walk back until we come to the water that we were first sitting and watching, not wanting anything, imagining the water rolling over the stones, the sound of it. Take a deep breath. Hold at the top. Exhale. All right, please type and tell me what your spirit animal was. I can't wait to know. I'm going to grab my tea and we'll begin the lesson on the ray of creation. Can't wait to see all y'all spirit, spirit animals. Did you love that? Did you love that? I love that. Deer, wonderful. We have a deer. Hey, Vanya, can you DM? Oh, two deer right here. Vanya, please DM me when you're done with this. Loved it. All right, let's begin our lesson. I'm going to do my best to make sure that the sunlight isn't hitting the whiteboard, but honestly, it's, it's coming from a high window that I couldn't cover if I tried. So I'll be doing my best here. A panther. Love it. A small fox, a moose. <laughs> Someone says a moose with all these question marks. Matt, look into study these animals. Gray fox. I've met him before in a dream. Wonderful. So really I have this um, like vintage deck of Native American tarot cards. And that, that's um, a great way to learn about the medicine of all the animals. Cause think about it. Tarot cards are like the, it's like an archetype manual. So if you have, you'll really get to like the core of it without getting too lost in the sauce where it's like, it means fertility. And you're like, okay, whatever. A moose in the desert. Amazing. Now look, sometimes people get stuck really deeply looking in the eyes. Like I had a friend who was a hundred percent sure that her spirit animal was a lion until she remembered that lions don't have stripes. And so it was a tiger. Um, but you know, we get a little soupy sometimes, right? All right, so today we're talking about the ray of creation, and the ray of creation is like the spiritual way of saying our solar system. And you guys hear me saying, okay, I went to world 96, went to world 42 or whatever, and uh, you're like, what does that mean? 
So I had a really great opportunity to be able to do, I, I don't do trauma work really anymore because my business has expanded and I've trained enough teachers through my teacher training wheels reinvented that I don't do so much one-on-one -on -one coaching anymore. I teach groups like this. So um, it's rare that I get to do a one-on-one -on -one session, but I, I got to do a great session with somebody yesterday and um, oh, it, was, it was fabulous. And I explained it to him like this, and this is the way that I'll explain it to you. So this tattoo on my hand says Zeitreise, and that means in German, time travel. Now, who here has heard like um, theories and super string theory, quantum theory, multiple worlds all on top of each other, right? If we hold the right frequency, we can, um, if we're vibrational match to what it is that we're trying to attract, we can jump worlds. You guys have heard concepts like this. This is like all Abraham, all Bentinho Massaro, like all of that stuff is, um, that's what they're talking about, right? Movie sliding doors, we can go between worlds, people that walk in between the worlds. All right. So what are the worlds? I want you to sound it like this. Let me, let me just pray for a second because there's three stories that I need to interweave together and I need to be able to tell them in the right order so that they all come full circle so that we have a nice compelling lesson here. But when I do these lectures, I'm channeling. This is not me that you see. And I pray, please don't let them think that this is Everest Dasher talking here because it's not. This is coming. This is something much bigger than my little skin suit could ever be. Everest Asher works for me. I uh, Everest Asher is the is the ego that's the best at getting this work out into the world. But who I really am, I'm a spirit baby, just like you. Let's not get down that train because we could go there for a while. But one day after doing a lot of this work, you'll look yourself in the mirror one day and realize that you're not looking at your body at all that you're looking deeply doing like tantric gazing into your own eyes where you realize like, you know, really never been me this whole time. You know, like what is it that sees out of my eyes? What is it that loves the things that I love? Like what, where does my desire come from? This work actually gives you a really easy way to get, to get right there because it helps you. You can only get right there when you're not identified with your mind and you can only step away from your mind. Like we talked about in last lesson, if you split yourself into two, the observer and the observed, when you are in the role of the observer versus just like the observed. And we talk about this in the school, in the lesson, the chariot is so good, but we're not going to talk about that right now. So I want you to think about a situation that's uncomfortable for you. So think about this roommate. Who here has a roommate that's really annoying and weird? Basically, everybody before they move in with their, you know, their life partner or whatever has a roommate that's really annoying. And sometimes even when you get married, you occasionally get a roommate that's really annoying. <laughs> it'll be your husband, but, but it'll only be for a moment, I promise. Okay, so check. Well, actually, I can't promise you're, you could settle for somebody that's way beneath your standards. So roommate tension you guys have had an altercation and now there's something you're each closed into your own rooms and there's a lot of tension there and neither of you want to walk into the living room because it's weird and you just said things and when you feel them you know let's say you're sitting in the couch it's the first time you've seen them and they come in and you know you guys have hey what's up like it's awkward they're making themselves something to eat and the whole time you're just like why are you here get out of my space i can't you're in like a complete state of resistance let me show you another illustration because I want you to feel this in your body. 
I want you to feel this in your body. So you're going into the ocean and the water is really cold and you're afraid of, oh my God, water is really cold or the water goes cold in your shower like mine did on me this morning. I was like, oh, I was like chanting Wim Hof mantras, trying to go into the cold, go into the cold, um, trying to figure out what that means. And I, I did actually find out what that means. But when a wave is coming and you're like, okay, instead of, I can't jump into it, the water is too cold, but you're like watching the wave come. You're like, it's going to be so cold. It's going to be so cold. And then it hits you and you're like, ah! resonate with this, please put some comments or something down. So I know that I don't need to keep giving more illustrations, but that state of like total resistance in the ocean, we're having a good time, but in our living room, like we're not having such a good time because we're in that state of tension. When you send a, a message to somebody and you know it's gonna start a big fight and you're like, oh, you know, and you feel that tension. And in this state, would you say that you're feeling relaxed or you're feeling panicked? No, I don't wanna say panicked because we might not resonate with that, but would you say that you're feeling relaxed or tense? Okay, so we're obviously tense. Now, I want you to tense your body up really strong like this, tense it up like you're resisting a wave, Costs a lot of energy to maintain this, right? But when you're tense, let go now and feel like, oh my God, I feel like I can do so much more because I'm not tense right now. Now, when we're in the ocean, we might remember to do that. But when we don't realize that we've gone to another world, we'll be sitting there in a state, in the same state of resistance, leaking so much energy for as long as that's going on. And this can go on for like weeks sometimes. This guy was telling me, I got mad out of the blue, but the situation's been like this for the last three months. And I'm like, uh, it's not out of the blue, honey. Like that, having roommates is hard and it's a spiritual achievement to be able to live on terms that you feel really, really good about. Including like, if you're paying five grand a month for rent in New York City, that feels really good to you. We all have the right to that. It's a spiritual achievement to set your roots down. It is, it feels good. Um, and you should be proud of it because when you have a, a stable foundation, your best work can come forward. But check this out. We've, we've gone to another world. And um, the specific world that we've gone to is what is called world 96. So here's what I'm going to, I'm going to show you the ray of creation. You're going to be like, what's that? And probably for, it, it took me several months and I'm very, very, I'm a spiritual adept. I study as a way of life. And uh, it took me a long time to integrate this, but it's just a cool kind of bit of kinkery. And then I'll explain to you the way that we travel in between worlds the way that it is right now. So the ray of creation, and let me just see, how can I get this in a way where you guys can see it? Because this one works, this one works. Okay, can you guys see it all? Maybe if I put a filter on, or it'll help. I've got this working over here. Maybe let me just try a different one. Spirit, you want this message out there. You show me how I can write this on here. Okay, that might work a little bit. It was there for a second, yeah. So for, I'm broadcasting this on Instagram right now, but like the main camera that it's for can see it. So you're welcome to come. I'll be very clear about what I'm writing while I'm writing it. But if you wanna get a better look at it, you can watch the recording and it'll be in your inbox tomorrow. All right, so this is the ray of creation. I'm going to be moving through this, and you're going to be like, what? Can you say that again? This is something that requires a lot of repetition, so you're not going to get it 
a hundred percent at first, but just go with me. All right. Honestly, like when I taught this at the same time last year, it was really hard for me. Now I know it better, but that's like a year later. Okay. So according to the law of the octave, which is one of the 48 laws that we live under on earth, everything happens in series of seven or one octave. Um, it's called seven. Of course, the prefix oct means eight. When we say octave, we're counting from do to do. But this musical scale, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, si, do, is not just, oh, cool, that's where music comes from. It corresponds and governs everything. And it has many different meanings. And it's a major spiritual secret. So this ray of creation is representative of one octave that comes off from the absolute. And I'll show you what the absolute was. So when we talk about mesoteric, exoteric, mesoteric, and esoteric, the absolute would be that deepest, the esoteric teachings. Brahma, the sound Om, God, absolute, infinite. Um, what's I could think of some other terms, but I can't right now. But whatever, the, the Big Bang, this is like the deepest level. So everything begins with God, which is the absolute. Now, because it's an octave, there's seven that comes down for this. So this is the note Do. Now, don't worry if you don't understand this, but we're going to be doing a descending octave because if God is the top, we are not going to be going above him. We could never calculate that. When, we, when I explain to you what this is, your brain's going to be like, ha, ah! and the concept of infinity might all of a sudden, you ha might have like a pale blue dot moment. But do is the first note. So I'm going to actually work up from the bottom again. So I've got my bottom do down here. And from do to do, that's eight notes. So we're going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. And then coming up from here, we've got do, re, mi, fa, sol, la. I messed this up. Si, and then the absolute, the final do is up there. So according to the law of the octave, Things can only go for three notes before they need a shock to stay on point. So if we're going from here, and this is the law of the octave, don't worry if this doesn't make sense to you right now. But according to the law of the octave, we every three steps, we need a conscious shock. So the absolute has one law. Okay. And actually, let me do this for you. So if we go do, re, mi, we're going to need a shock right here in between mi and fa. And then we can make it another three, fa, so, la, and another shock here. This, uh, this law of the octave also applies to like everything in your life. So it's really important to know that you'll only be able, nature has a law that says things don't travel a straight path. That's the law of the octave. So every three steps, you're going to need a super effort shock to bring yourself back on your path. And when we teach this in, um, in the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, I show you through Disney cartoons, basically how the hero's journey and the law of the octave like mirror each other. Now we're working our way down here. So the absolute only has one law because there's nothing that can resist it. It's the supreme knowledge, the supreme understanding above everything else. It has no laws. All right. But because in order to continue down here, we're going to need a shock. Like we can make it to... See, we can, we can go one step further. God can. This is probably, I, I'm imagining hearing this for the first time and I just keep praying. Please let me speak this clearly because it's heady stuff. Um, and we go over this in almost every le lesson we acknowledge the, the ray of creation.
So another law is that it takes three for something to manifest. And I just, that's called the law of three. And I explained that in detail on the last post that I put up. But basically in order for anything to come into creation here, it requires three forces, the active, the passive, and the neutralizing. So this piece of information already is a huge step away from what like science and Western belief systems believe, which is that it's like a yes and no situation. God either says yes or God says no. If you want something, God will say yes or no. If it says no, drop it. Says yes, you know, keep going. But it's actually not true. There's always a third force. So the top of this ray of creation only has one law. That's the absolute. And you can Google ray of creation too, if you want to see this chart right now. And I'm, I'm just drawing a diagram that's, that's already there. So the next world has three laws because that's the, that's the law over here, okay? That it takes three things, three forces to manifest. So at this second level, the second notch, right under God on the ray of creation is three laws. And I'll explain to you what each of these are going forward. Okay, so we here are earth. Earth is me. Fa is all of the planets. Soul, S-O-L, soul is sun. Now this, there's an old hymn called Unquant Laxis, and that's where we get the names of these notes, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Si, Do. But the thing is, is that they're corresponding to this ray of creation because all spiritual secrets were always kept hidden right out in the open. So every... This like original Gregorian chant contained the secrets of the universe. And if you were actually were to, it hits every note of this, it hits every note during its singing. And it was a way of conducting energy because like when I sing the Wayanti mantra in Gurmukhi, I'm singing just, there's a law of three, there's a law of three. And when I sing that to the universe, it gives me superpowers. It gives me third force. That's why Kundalini yoga and this work complement each other so well. So soul is the sun. After here, um, we have all suns. This is all worlds. Ray is um, the moon. And then this is the absolute again at the bottom. I'll walk you through all this, don't worry. So the ray of creation, this is the order in which it goes. Number one is the absolute. Number two is all worlds. So this is where in like super string theory, we, theory, we realize that we are one of like infinite existences, many parallel realities all happening at once. So that's representative of all worlds. And in that place, there's only three laws. After that is all suns. So the suns, this is, if God is the top, the less laws you have, the closer you are to God. The less laws you have, the closer you are to God, because God only has one law. And on earth, we have 48 laws. And I've explained a couple of them here. Law of the octave, law of three, et cetera, et cetera. So then we have, um, Sorry, we're all worlds, all suns. So basically, if the sun is the governor of our planet, our, I'm sorry, our solar system and our, our existence, then right above suns is like the all of the suns, all of the generals. Cool. And the way that this kind of works, I'll explain this when I'm done. Okay, so the next one is the sun, then all planets, all of the planets that we know in our solar system, then Earth, then the moon. So the moon is beneath us. The moon is a planet in creation. And then the absolute again. So the way that this kind of works is like, imagine that one is dad and three is mom and all sons is like the oldest sibling. So the oldest, the, 
the oldest sibling will have to abide under their mother's laws and their father's laws, double the laws. If they just had dad, if they were just, mom has to, this is old world, but you know, well, we could call it how it really is. If number one was the mom and she was the ultimate boss, um, but that's not actually how it's, it's worked historically. But the mom has to live under dad's laws. The kid has to live under dad's and mom's laws. If another kid comes along, he has to listen to older brother's laws, mom's laws, dad's laws, and so on down the line. The same way like in the army, you know, the soldier has to listen to the lieutenant and the lieutenant has to listen to the general. The lower you are on the ray of creation, the more laws that you have to live under. Does everybody follow that? Do you cognize with that? The more, the further you are away from the absolute authority, the more laws you have to live under. And the number of laws looks like this. It's always doubled. So all sons have six laws because we have three of their own, three from, uh, I'm not going to do that math. I'll, I'll lose myself in this sauce if I do that. But the math is pretty easy to figure out because then it doubles again over here. We have the sun and the sun has 12 laws. After that, the planets have 24 laws. After that, Earth, where we live, has 48 laws. And then after us, the moon, which has 96 laws. So when I say world 48, I'm talking about Earth while we're sleeping. I'll go through all of this for you. When I talk about world 24, I'm talking about an upgrade. That's half of the laws that I live under on Earth. The less laws I have, the closer I am to living like a god. Yes or no, we understand. Great. Doe past the moon is absolute. It's like an infinite number, just the same way that, that the absolute is an infinite concept, the same way that the absolute un, uh, up top is an infinite concept. If you feel like you're ready to understand an infinite concept, come to a place of complete understanding about what all worlds might look like, and, and you'll see how far you, away you are from comprehending infinity. Like, it's there, but it's not useful for us. It's only people that are giving in to their suspicious personality that cock blocks them from making any spiritual achievements and causes their personality, their bodysuit, to ask ridiculous questions to distract from, like, what we're trying to learn right now. Either questions that are flaunting, like, hey, look how much I know, or questions that are like, I don't believe this ray of creation. Can't you tell me the math for another octave down there? It's saying, give me a piece of knowledge before I've like understood and integrated it enough. And that's our personality. Like it takes a, this system requires no trust. The only trust it requires is like, look, if I explain too much to you right now, your brain will like fritz out and you won't be able to use any of this. That's the only trust is like trust that I'm giving you like the information and the best way to receive it. These concepts are super heady. They're super heady, but we're not for that purpose. We're not going to calculate anything past the absolute at this time. This is our total ray of creation. So I'm going to just turn this camera around so you guys can really see what's going on here. All right. You guys see that? Does anyone want to take a screenshot? Anyone want to take a screenshot? Okay. Um, I'm going to take a screenshot after this and I'll put it on with the school so they can see it. Like I said, like you can, you can Google this. Um, and I can make the shot a little better now since the, this thing isn't working anyway. So what does it feel? So what does this have to do with time travel? And what does this have to do with me? Right? Okay. So when you feel that state of tension, when you feel that state of tension, so let's go right back to it. A tense situation. You're facing off with someone you can't stand. You've run into 
your ex's new girlfriend who used to be your best friend and you're in the grocery and she's right there or they're like eating at the, or they come, oh, let's do a really bad one. You're at work trying to get through the day and guess who walks into your restaurant? Oh, it's your ex-boyfriend with his new girlfriend and she knows exactly who you are. And she comes in, she's sitting in your section and you're in a, and they're kissing and you're in a complete state of tension. You are like pissed. Right now, do you feel like you're in a state of tension or relaxation? Okay, tension, right? Because we're not feeling chill. And actually, if we were to, in this situation, focus all of our energy on relaxing our body, it would yank us back into a world where there's only 48 laws. But when we get into the state of tension and it feels like the room has like solidified around us, does it feel like you have a lot of options or not? that many options. Not that many options, right? When you feel like you don't have any options, do you think that that's a result of you having less laws above you or more laws above you? Well, let's think about what it's like in jail. In jail, how many laws are above you? Oh, 96 for sure. You can't do fucking anything without breaking the law. You have no freedom. So in this state, in this restaurant, oh my God, they're coming in. They're looking at me right now. I can't believe this. It sucks so much. Well, you've gone to moon conditions because we can travel in between worlds. So in those moments, you, and on the moon, everything is a mineral. It's a really like rough place to be. It's a, a pretty rough place to be. Very hard to release karma when you don't have a voice. You're just a mineral. You can't do anything and you're a part of a bigger rock and you can't move. So that's what world 96 feels like. I can't do anything. I'm trapped. <laughs> state of complete tension, no options. Your body is in a state of discomfort and that's just how you live. And that's just how you live. That's what it feels like to be on the moon. I'll never forget. What I, I, you'll hear me say all the time, like, this sucks, but I'm not going to World 96 over it. And I, I'm really good about doing that now because the last time that I was in World 96, for real, I was either at the DMV or on the phone with my dad. Um, it was one or the other with my dad getting angry at me about the way that I live my life. Um, but I was state of complete tension, didn't feel like I could respond consciously, was feeling so angry, was actually like shaking with rage. And I was like, I hate being here because being on World 96 is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice to be there. And another choice that you have is to go to world 24. So let me tell you what each of these worlds feel like in drug terms. Hey, it'll be the easiest. Okay. So when we're on earth, there's only 48 laws. Now provided we're not letting our emotions take us down into world 96, which we do all the time. I want you to identify for me right now, feel free to put it in the comments, but I want you to identify for me right now, a time when you were recently in world 96. You were probably fighting with somebody or in a big rush or in a state of urgency. Kids were screaming at you. Everything happened at once. Traveling, being stuck on an airplane, being, stu you know, being stuck on the runway. These are all moments where our emotions, basically some thought will come up and take us to World 96 with it. And until we, cho until we choose to leave, like I've spent years in World 96 because I was living in the illusion. I was living in the Maya. When people talk about how life is an illusion, they're not saying, okay, your bed is not real. Your financial 
you know, the money in your bank account or the lack of it is not real. Like all of that is real. You're never going to be able to wrap your hand around how your hands aren't real. The thing is, is that if we were actually living on earth the way we were supposed to only under only 48 laws, we could look at our hands and say, I am here. I am here on earth. But usually we're looking at our hands and we're worrying about what bills to pay and worrying about who's mad at us and worrying about how we're going to get everything done and worrying about we're living. Our body is here, but our mind is on the moon fantasizing about negative scenarios, kidnapping our bodies, putting us into a state of tension, a bad mood where we cannot attract anything new to ourselves, where everything feels like shit. We could be in the same room seeing it three different ways. I could be sitting here right now worrying about something in the future and this room would be horrible i could be in this room right now just not wanting anything looking at the water not wanting anything from it might be in world 48 i could go to world 24 i could go to world 24 in this room and just feel like i manifested this house and anything is possible i could go to world 12 with it and feel like I feel like my house is in love with me. I feel like God is in love with me. I could go to world like I'm having an orgasm just from walking around my house. And this has happened to me, you guys. This has happened to me. Being so overwhelmed with beauty. All I can liken it to is like imagine that there was a gigantic dump truck filled with beautiful electric jellyfish. And each jellyfish represented like one orgasm. Imagine an entire dump truck of orgasmic jellyfish being dumped on top of your head, one after the other, and you're just like, ah! You know when you're getting really good head and you feel your body start to fall off? That where you're like, I'm nothing but a clit right now! Like, that's world six. But you can do that while just sitting in the room, you know, like this is what's possible for us. This is what's possible for us. So let me explain to you. I'll do it first in like love terms and then we'll do it in drug terms because then I think this will really stick for you. And this is why like having a teacher for the fourth way is helpful because each of us brings something new to this practice. When they do the slurping thing on the clit says, Missy, this is my type of lady. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. I was following, I followed this stripper on Instagram for a really long time. And she sent me this picture of a lion licking water out of a big, you know, oasis or whatever. And it says how he look at you when he eat your pussy. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> One cackle laugh at our lecture today. Stoked. <laughs> Great. All right. So let's do it in love terms first. So earth conditions, 48 laws, if we're not like busy living in the illusion, which is indulging in negative fantasies that take us away. Um, earth feels like a really good night's sleep. So you know, when you wake up after a really good night's sleep, and you're just like, yeah, I feel like I could handle anything today. And I'm in a good mood. I feel like today is going to be a great day. That's what it feels like to be under 48 laws. Now, we already talked about what it feels like to be under 96 laws. And it literally, you have no options. You're in a state of tension. Your brain is saying all types of horrible stuff to you. And you feel like you can't get out of it. It's very easy to get stuck on world 96, which is very different. So think about the difference between being in a state of total tension, 
feeling anxious and angry, tense up your body like this. Tense up your body as much as you can. Your laugh gives me energy. It's because I'm a witch, bitch. That's why. <laughs> Come into a state of total tension and then let it go. And feel how you went from like, you literally have double the amount of energy, right? Because we've had the amount of laws that we're living under. So the difference between being in a state of uh, fucking panic at the DMV because you're not going to be able to get your thing in time like I was, and, um, and feeling like you just woke up from a really great night's sleep, big difference in laws. Yeah. Okay. So moving up the scale here, 24, what it feels like at all planets. So the sex term of this one would be 24 feels like you're falling in love. 24 feels like you're falling in love. My business to me feels like falling in love. And it just feels like, oh my God, like I'm limitless. Anything is possible. We could do anything we wanted. We could leave and move to Europe this June. We could do anything. And in drug terms, I like to call this one cocaine. <laughs> cocaine, 24 laws. We can do anything. There is no time. You're super in the moment. We can stay up all night talking. This is what it feels like to be under 24 laws. So either stay up all night talking or stay up all night doing blow. But what it feels like to be a planet, what it feels like to be a planet is being on cocaine, good cocaine all the time before you have a come down, or like falling in love. Like that first time you're like, oh my God. But I, I, and okay, so we, we're going to keep going up the scale. So world 12 is the sun. What does it feel like to be on the sun? Well, it feels like having sex with somebody for the very first time. You know that person that just did it for you down here? Well, now you're having sex for them, with them for the very first time. And you're like, this pussy's bomb. Or you're like, this dick is so good. And you're just totally present. You're totally in the moment. You're like, this is what's up. And this is what I feel. And you're very in the moment. You're in your emotional body. You're in your emotional body where everything's fluid. And it feels like being on mushrooms. So what does it feel like to only be under 12 laws? What does it feel like to be the sun? Feels like being on mushrooms, right? So let me write some of this down. All planets in love slash cocaine, earth, good sleep, moon, chaos reigns. We'll use a little Lars von Trier quote there. All right. So sun feels like sex while in love. Mushrooms. Great. All right. So moving up the scale. World six. Well, world six feels like when you're having sex with that person you're super in love with for the first time, and that sex was so good, that orgasm, the peak of it, that's what it feels like to only be under six laws. All right? So all sons, orgasm, orgasm, orgasm. And you know what drug this feels like? When the molly hits. The first time you've ever taken Molly or preferably ecstasy with a nice little bit of speed in there, you know, that first time where it hits and you're like, my whole, somebody's unloading a dump truck full of orgasmic jellyfish on top of me. And I'm at one with the music and I'm at one with everything. And there's no me and there's no you. And everything is so sensual and everything is so delicious and everything is so now. Yep. Ecstasy. But I'll have to put MDMA because there's a lot of people who will never experience true Irish disco biscuits. And for you, I'm sorry. 
because it used to be that when you took ecstasy, you took like one pill and that was it. Now, like people, because people snort this drug, they keep doing more and more of it throughout the night. It's like pointless. But there used to be a moment where the Molly hits. And now I think people are just trying to sustain that Molly hit moment. And they end up ruining it. Has anyone here ever known somebody that's addicted to Molly? It's a very strange thing to be addicted to. All worlds is orgasm. I'm sorry, all worlds, I'm sorry, is enlightenment. And I've never taken heroin, but my best friend and boyfriend was addicted to it. And he taught me a lot about it. And I'm pretty sure that just that first moment of the heroin hitting is, I honestly, I honestly think the first moment of the heroin hitting is probably closer to what it feels like to do Molly for the first time all the time, but then heroin would feel like that all the time. Heroin's gotten fucking ruined too, because it's just, it's never been a, a safe drug, but it, but it, man, it's never been as dangerous as it is now because it's become synthetic and a, uh, very, very dangerous. So I don't think that any drug could ever get you to world three. I think that we'll also put heroin here. And then enlightenment, nothing can compare to that. But if the, if the most that we can imagine is that orgasm, that peak of six laws, and then how much each of these experiences, is, experiences are amplified when we switch between worlds. So going from the moon where chaos reigns to the earth, which feels like good sleep, to in love, which feels like cocaine, to sex in love, which feels like being on mushrooms, to orgasm, which feels like when the molly hits, something beyond all of that. That's enlightenment. And, you know, I know that this can seem really far off, but Nisargadatta Maharaj just says that enlightenment is the ability to see peace in any situation. And when you see peace in any situation, you see it forward and backwards. You don't resent your past. You're not worried about the future. And uh, I, I can't tell you what it feels like to be enlightened. I can't. But I can tell you that I've, I have, since really studying and applying this work, I've been fortunate to spend quite a lot of time in world six. So just one little thing that I want to say. So like, why are we here? Why are we here in the ray of creation? Well, you know how I said that like every three notes, there needs to be a shock. Well, if it wasn't for the shock, human beings, we are the shock in between earth and all planets, in between the notes uh, me and fa, we're the shock and you'll learn more about this in the law of the octave. But basically what humans do, humans are a part of a greater species called organic life on earth. And this regenerates every two and a half million years. And that's in the, the breath of life diagram that I've taught on here, that I, that I teach in the school. What the function of organic life is, is to interpret planetary influences and send them to the moon. So Earth used to be the moon. When Earth graduates consciously, it'll become a planet. One of the planets will become the sun. We're all trying to work our way up the octave, okay? But because mankind, organic life on Earth is its own thing, we have our own little octave, which means that if you work hard, it is you have the potential to reside world six, that's the highest it's ever going to get for you. And, and if you hit 12, you'll be super stoked. But like somebody like Gandhi, somebody, someone that was enlightened, someone like Ram Dass spent their time in, in world six. What we can do, we can work hard by studying the laws and by doing good work. We can start to live under less laws, for example, the law of accident. And when we, when we 
the law of accident is feeling like everything in life happens to you. Learning the way you consciously or unconsciously create your patterns causes you to live above the law of accidents where you no longer attract landlords that run off with your money, et cetera, et cetera. This is, this is a possibility. And we get rid of these laws one at a time by like doing good work. But it's possible to, to in this lifetime, ditch 42 laws off of your existence and live in a state of orgasm when you're washing the dishes. This is possible if you know the way to get here. But it's not possible if you don't know that it exists because you'll basically waste all of your time sitting and meditating and actually be in world 96 because while you're here feeling like you're spiritual, what's actually going on is that you're panicking and worrying and indulging in negative fantasies. Every other religion says that, you know, you have a soul and if you, you can live your life like a shithead and then at the end of it, your soul is going to go to heaven. Well, actually, that's not totally true because you stopped listening to your soul so long ago. Yeah, if you listen to your soul all the time and not your mind, yeah, it'll definitely talk to you. It can definitely guide your life. You can definitely rely on that to exist after your body dies. But if you starve your soul and how you starve your soul is by being in a state of negative is by being in world 96, your soul cannot exist in world 96. So if you're always complaining, always indulging in negative fantasies, always gossiping about other people, always worrying about other people in their business, you're not going to have a soul. If you do, it will be too weak to survive anywhere else. And you'll permanently reside. You go after death wherever it was you chose to spend the most of your time here. So if you chose to spend most of your life, and for every single person equally, without every single person equally, you can go to world six if you want to work hard, if you're willing to work hard spiritually. Every single person could go. Some people just aren't meant to. But the thing is, is there's been many situations where they refuse to consciously engage with their life when they say, I don't want to think about stuff like that. Can you stop reading so far into things? Yeah, for sure. Those people give us their rations of consciousness and we should be very grateful for them and not try to change them at all. And not, hang. I was just thinking, you have the opportunity. I just have one more minute to talk on here and I want to make sure that I say the right thing. Don't live on the moon if you can live somewhere else. You have the right to not be negative. You have the right to not have a shitty life. Like work hard and do this because the less laws you live under, the closer to God you live like. And I got to tell you, I get every single thing that I want, including many things I didn't know that I want. And everything in my life has improved my business, my sex life, everything because of studying this work. I'm going to screenshot this and put it on my stories. Feel, feel free to grab it. And I just want to let you know, if you want to get next week's lesson, you have to be on our mailing list because I'm in Denver. It's a replay lesson being sent to you on divine feminine and divine masculine. It's so important. You sign up at the front page of everstashu.com. And I want to say thank you so much for being here. This was really fun for me. Satnam, 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 Satnam. <laughs> oh, and I just want to say someone had asked a question on here. What happens if you're surrounded by the type of people that are always negative and stuff? Leave, get new friends. Okay, thank you all so much for being here. This is great fun for me. Satnam, bye.